Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, and welcome back to another Porsche Cooled podcast. Uh, this is a bit of an early one today. It's actually Monday here in Bahrain, so I thought I'd do a uh, an extra podcast episode this week, an extra podcast episode, because as usual, I've been thinking about Porsches, and I haven't been thinking about 912s this week, even though I've still been watching the one that uh, finishes on Bring a Trailer today, Monday. I think it finishes in about 10 hours' time. Uh, it's already up to 42,500. That's the patina blue one that I was mentioning in my last podcast. Um but I've been thinking about 996s. I've touched on this before, um, but before we get into the podcast, for those of you who haven't been to the podcast before, uh, my name is Michael Bath. This podcast is called the Porsche Cool Podcast. Uh, it is an extension, as I like to call it. It's an extension of my YouTube uh, channel. It's an extension of my love of Porsches. It's celebrating my love of Porsches, and it's uh, touching base, if you want to use that term, or... or chatting to you guys about things that we enjoy. And one of those things is Porsches. The other things I really enjoy, I really enjoy watches. If you see my YouTube channel, you'll see that I've been on a slight buying spree, but uh, I have stopped. I have stopped at the moment. Um, but it's about Porsches. Uh, this podcast, you can hear, uh, it's normally on, um, I normally upload it every Friday. I just do one a week. Um, like I said, this is an extra one today. It's Monday here, so I will actually put this one up uh, either today, Monday, or first thing Tuesday morning. So you guys will have an extra episode to listen to if you've got the time to listen to it. This podcast, uh, as I've said many times before, can be um, you can find me on all the major podcast platforms, Apple uh, Apple Podcasts being the main one, uh, Google Google Podcasts, I think they call it now, uh, Spotify, and uh, Podbean, which is my podcast supplier or podcast host, I guess. Uh, but Apple Podcasts, I think, is where I get most of my traffic. So um, check it out there or on Spotify on Podbean. Plenty of places to find it. Like I said before, if you can't find it, just do a search in Google for Porsche School Podcast and it will come up in uh, one of the various sources. Um, I also put this podcast up on my YouTube channel, which is Michael Bath, and I put this up purely for some people that um, I've been speaking to that like to hear the podcast, uh, like to play it through YouTube, um, I've been a little bit lazy lately. Sorry, the last couple, I don't think I've put any visuals up for you guys. Um, but sometimes they have visuals. Uh, sometimes they are just purely audio. Um, my plan is, though, my plan is to do a couple of uh, podcasts as in not live streaming, um, but they will be, I guess, streamed and then replayed. Uh, I don't think I will do the live podcast thing on YouTube. If you'd like me to do the live podcast, if I get enough people telling me that I want to do it, if you make a comment in this podcast or send me a DM on Instagram, if you want me to do a, um, a live stream podcast, I could surely try to do one. Um, I've pretty much worked out how to do it now, and I've worked out how to do it with Skype and Zoom. Um, and like I said, uh, upcoming podcasts, I'm going to bring in uh, my friend Steve, and we're going to talk about Porsches. We're going to talk about our love of Porsches, our friendship uh, around Porsches, and uh, we're going to talk about the cars that he has owned and the cars he's enjoyed. Uh, he has a lot of knowledge of Porsche, even though he pretends not to. He does have a lot of knowledge. Uh, he's very good at sourcing out mods for 911s. He's very good at sourcing out used parts. In fact, the other day he found me a pair of um, sun visors, which I've sent to um, Design LS in the UK, which I'm going to get done in leather. Um, so he found me a set of those, a set of uh, beige sun visors out of a 997 for very little money. 
Uh, they're quite expensive as a part, um, so I've sent those to. Uh, they were sent directly to Linas, and Linas is Design LS in the UK, who I'm getting all the leather parts done by. Um, so I'm going to have some leather sun visors now as well. Um, so that's something to look forward to. Uh, but Steve will be joining in these podcasts. Um, we're just trying to work out the technical side of it and also making time with the different time zone. Uh, Steve is in Australia and Sydney. Um, and of course, I'm in here in uh, Bahrain. So trying to work out the logistics of it, the logistics and the technical difficulties. Of course, the difficulties with doing a sort of podcast like that, you'll have to excuse um, you'll have to excuse the sound quality because I know I've, I've listened to my, my favorite podcasts and, and those of you who have been listening to the previous podcast, my favorite podcast, are ah, Spike's Car Radio. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy the banter between uh, Spike and the real Zuckerman. If you haven't checked those guys out, you should check them out. You should also check out their Instagram as well. They have great cars, especially the real Zuckerman is, is his handle on Instagram. <clears throat> he has a very, very nice car collection. And also Matt Farah, The Smoking Tire. I know a lot of people love or hate Matt Farah. I actually am on the side of the love side, not the true love side, but I love the podcast. Uh, I, I love their kind of conversation. I like how it's raw. I like how they just, uh, they don't really care that much. Um, but I do enjoy his podcast and I enjoy some of the guests he's got on and I do, do enjoy their conversation. The only other podcast I've been listening to is Collecting Cars podcast, uh, Chris Harris. He's not so regular on putting up uh episodes um, but I have been listening to him as well I did try to listen to something else today as well another podcast which mm, I'm not so sure it was it was worthwhile and I'm trying to think about what it was I don't know I can't find it now uh, it was an English podcast and I think someone recommended it but I've listened to about two minutes and I had to stop um, I guess a lot of people do that with me as well they probably listen for a couple of seconds and stop the other one my friend told me about was Kamogeddon show, the Kamogeddon show. Uh, that's another one. I haven't listened to it yet. I will try to listen to it. Um, and that's about all I've been listening to. I've listened to a couple of episodes of James at Auto Amateurs podcast. Um, I haven't listened to the guys at PCAR Talk. I know that's quite popular. Um, I will get around to that. It is on my subscribe list. Uh, but I'm really enjoying going through the back episodes of Spikes Car Radio. And I've been really enjoying going through uh, Matt Farah and going through some of the back episodes of that as well. Uh, I don't want to take on too much at once, but um, they're very, very easy to listen to. And they're great when you're exercising, running or at the gym, which is when I mainly listen to my podcast. Um, <clears throat> I'm guessing that's what a lot of us do or when we're driving in the car. Anyway, today, what do I want to talk about? I want to come back to the 996 uh, and that's what's been on my mind. And I guess it's been on my mind because last night I watched the YouTube video from TGE TV. If you haven't seen him on YouTube, um, he's getting himself a nice little collection of Porsche. He has a Carrera GT, which he bought, a black one with the beautiful brown interior. He has a 912, uh, a very old 912 that he picked up in outside of London at, at Bath, coincidentally. Um and he's had some work done on that at 912, the 912 specialist in the UK. I can't think of their name. Um, and he also has a 996 4S. Uh, and the 996 4S is actually what, what kind of like surprised me yesterday. I mean, I keep looking at the 996 4S and I have mentioned this in my previous uh, 996 podcast. Um, you know, the models that you think are the ones you should buy. Um, I would normally stick away from a Carrera 4 uh, I prefer the rear-wheel re drive uh, uh, Porsches, the rear-wheel re drive 911s. Um, 
But the 9964S is one of those cars, and I have to say it's one of those cars that I remember at a certain period of time. I remember in 2002, I remember looking at it in the car dealership in um, Willoughby in Sydney, uh, near where I was living at the time, and looking at the back of it and thinking, man, that rear is so damn sexy. And those and those uh, uh, exhaust tips, the sort of two circles merging into one, I think were an option. I don't think they came standard, actually. Um, those exhaust tips and just seeing it backed up to the window in the Porsche dealership there in um, Willoughby and looking at it and thinking, man, that's a nice-looking car. I remember at the time, I think there was somewhere like 230000 Australian dollars, which seems like a lot then. Uh, 230,000 Australian dollars, not with on-road costs, so probably like 250,000 on the road with minimal options. Um, to get a good GT3, uh, sorry, to get a good Carrera 4S now, uh, and I have touched on this before, what gets me with the Carrera 4S is they really are um, becoming rarer, they're becoming harder to get, and I think they're becoming harder to get because the Carrera 4S is the turbo body, it is the wide body. Uh, there is an appeal about having that wide body. Um, it's got nice detailing on it. Um, it's a pretty nice car. Yeah, you've still got the IMS uh, issue, but that's uh, you can rectify that. You can fix that. Um, if the car needs a new clutch, uh, when you take the clutch out, uh, if you're changing the clutch, and on cars like that, if the clutch hasn't been changed, maybe it's worthwhile to add that little bit into your cost of ownership when you first buy it and get the clutch changed over and then get the IMS done at the same time. And then I think you'll have trouble-free trouble motoring. Of course, you've got to do brakes and all the other major minor sort of mechanical, major minor mechanical things. <clears throat> but the main concern of anyone buying a 996 is the IMS. Um, it is a very pretty 911. The 996 Career Forest is a very beautiful-looking 911. I think it's still one of the nicest-looking 911s. I think, it's, I think out of the 996 range, I'd have to say to me, even though I like the 996 GT3, I think the, the, the prettiest and the most appealing looking out of, the t out of the whole generation is the Carrera 4S and the GT2. I think the GT2 is just a beautiful looking car in the 996. I think that looks really, really good. Uh, I know it's a lot to handle and I've read that the prices, prices are slowly increasing on the GT2. They've been a little bit low, <clears throat> but they're slowly increasing. Uh, depends on what dealer you get it from. There's not a lot around. Um, but I think they're in the mid-200s in Australia at, the, at, at one time, which is about, what, 175 US dollars or something like that, 175,000 US dollars. Um, they are increasing in value. Uh, I heard they're a bit to handle as a driver's car. If you watch old videos on YouTube, you'll see what I mean. Um, I think they're a bit twitchy. But uh, it's a beautiful-looking car. Um, maybe the GT3 is a better driver's car. Um, I think the GT3 and 996 GT3 are kind of, Skipping forward here, but I'll come back to the 4S. Um, I think the 996 GT3, even if you can't get a club sport version in a 996, if you come across one which is just the standard comfort seats, the one that has no roll cage, <clears throat> I think if you came across a very good example and the price was right, I think you would have to you would have to scoop it up if you were in the market for a 996 GT3. I wouldn't wait for a club sport. It's easy enough to change the seats out. The seats are available. Um, there are lots of places that do covering of the seats now. You can get, you know, you can do custom seats. You can do, you know, inserts. You can do so many things, and there's so many companies around, especially in the UK, which I which I discussed in my last um, episode. Uh, plenty of places to do it. 
um, plenty of upholstery places and and great uh, artisans in the UK that could do it. And I'm guessing in in Europe and in America as well, especially around the California area, there's lots of people that can do these sort of things. I think the 996 G23 is good. Uh, I don't know how I got onto that. I'm getting distracted today. Uh, But we'll come back to the Carrera 4S. I think the Carrera 4S, uh, I was just watching, like I said, TGE, and he had some work done on his car. Um, I think the main thing is when you see these cars, they a lot of the time in the UK, if they're left outside and they're parked outside, a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people detail their car properly. Uh, normally when you watch these YouTube videos and his video, he took it in to RPM uh, Technic in the UK, who are specialists in uh, 996. And they um, did a full detail on the outside and they also did a detail on the inside. And he also had his suspension changed to KW coilovers adjustable suspension, which I don't know if that's a little bit overkill on a 4S, uh, adjustable suspension on the 4S. I'm not sure if that's a bit of an overkill, but, you know, I guess each their own, but the K the K and W is it? KW are supposed to be quite good. Uh, he also got the tips changed over because he didn't have the two circle tips that sort of merge into one. So he got those because it's quite, it's quite a period detail of that 996 Carrera 4S. So he had those tips put on. He also had some exhaust done as well. I can't remember the name of it actually, um, but he had an exhaust mod done as well. And also they fixed up <clears throat> they fixed up the interior for him, like they repaired the leather. You can see though when he when he does, you know, the car looks beautiful when you see it. I mean, the 996 Carrera 4S looks absolutely, it looks almost new. But then when you go inside and you see the camera close up inside, you can see it's got the normal wear and tear things that 911s get not just 996s 997s are the same on the center console the plastics you know things are sort of wearing off that you need to just change you know around the around the center around the front of the dash the console around the um pcm unit you know it's all sort of chipping off where people sort of bashed it and and the surface doesn't really wear that well uh there's a lot of cars that happens to it's not just porsche um we know it happens to many many other cars Uh, i think probably Audi is one of the few that actually holds up quite well. Uh, when I had my Audi and saying that most things held up well, uh, the rubber, the sort of soft rubber that was around, the switches on the door and things like that, they scratch off, they eventually scratch off, the whole surface comes off. So I think it's very hard when you design a car to make sure that the surface is going to last, you know, 10, 12, 20, 30 years. Of course, it's not going to last that long. It's eventually going to show signs of wear. Uh, rubber finishes are susceptible, especially in Porsche, to oils like the air conditioning switches that we all know in the 997, the hot and cold air conditioning uh, rocker switches that just lost all the finish off them and people were using texture to color them in. My car had the same problem when I bought it uh, and I just replaced the whole air conditioning unit because, I don't know, because I'm crazy, I think. A lot of people just change the switches. Um, But the 996, you know... uh, and the reason why I, I wanted to do this podcast today about the 996 is because TG is just the tip of the iceberg. And it seems like the 996 really is the flavor of the moment. Uh, it really is uh, the model in the generation of the 911 that everyone is starting to see again. I mean, the blinkers are off and people are starting to see the car, the 996, and they're starting to look at it. And like you do with any car or any 911, first, You know there's the cons, but then you try to see if the pros are outweighing the cons. And I think in a lot of cases, this is what's happening. People are thinking, and of course the biggest pro at the moment, well, it's changing as well. Like I said, it depends on your market 
and depending on how many are available in your market, but the price is obviously the big pro. And a lot of people overlook a lot of the other issues with the 996 because of the price. Now, I guess that's okay to do that, but as we know, uh, if something is very, very cheap, there are going to be lots of things that you will have to fix and lots of things that you will normally have to put money into unless you're doing it yourself. Uh, and of course, YouTube at the moment, it seems to be like, uh, and I'm sorry, James, if you're listening, <laughs> James at Auto Amateur, but it seems to be Project 996 uh, heaven on um, on YouTube. If you're thinking about buying a 996 and you're thinking about doing all the work yourself, well, there's there's a multitude of channels at the moment that seem to be doing things to the 996. Um, I'm only, I've only like tipped the iceberg. I'm sure there's many, many more. Um, Home Built by Jeff, which is a, a channel in Australia, uh, he bought a 996, a silver, a silver one. He's been doing bits and pieces to it. He's not completely rebuilding it like he has done with other cars that he has. Uh, he's got a Porsche, an orange one. Is it an RSR tribute or a He's doing the orange one at the moment. You should check his channel out because it's quite it's quite interesting on in some of the um, some of the videos that come up and and the work that he has to do on these cars. His nine nine six, I don't think he's doing that much on it, um, but he has fixed up a couple of things on it. I think once again he said he got it reasonably cheap, but reasonably cheap in Australia, uh, you know, you're still looking. You know, you might be able to get a cabriolet in the mid thirty thousand Australian dollar mark. I mean, in other markets. Uh, in other markets, I think you can get them much cheaper. Um, <clears throat> Magnus Walker, like I said before, if you follow Magnus Walker, he picked up one, I think for a few thousand US dollars, and it worked. Uh, he's got, I think he bought two Carreras, and one of them I think he, he only bought because it was offered to him at like $5,000 US. So at $5,000 US, I can understand it. It's probably a worthwhile proposition if you're mechanical or you have the ability to put some extra money into it and fix it up why not it's it's too cheap to say no really yeah but uh it seems to be like yeah like i said the the, the hype about 996 is also helped by you know media it's helped by youtube uh like i said lots of people on youtube home built by jeff was one uh that 911 guy uh lee sibley is it or lee sibs uh who's the total 911 guy he's also doing up his 996 uh the green one that he had resprayed green Fuchs wheels, uh, I think he put K&W's suspension on it as well, the same as TGE. Uh, of course, James at Auto Amateur and his two friends. Uh, sorry, I can't remember their names, but he's also started the Project 996. The example that James bought seemed to me to be in quite a mess. Um, he had problem. It didn't. It didn't actually run. I think there was some issue with the transmission. I haven't caught up on all of James' videos, so I can't actually. Uh, I can't actually quote exactly what's been going on there. But I noticed he's been putting quite a few videos out, so that project is is moving full steam ahead. Then Hoovies or Hovies or Hoovies Garage or whatever it's called, who bought the Cabriolet. That's another cheap 6K one. Um, so the hype about the 996 is there. Um, if you're thinking about buying a 996. And someone asked me this the other day, should I get a 996 or should I get a 997? I just read an article actually saying now's the time to buy a 997. Um, I don't know whether it's ever the time to buy a car. Um, these things are always like it's the time to buy it because the price is basically at its lowest. Uh, the car has depreciated as much as they think it's going to depreciate and it's only going to go up. Um, I think the 996 is past that point. I think it's past the tipping point. I think the 996 has already been on the rise and it's been on the rise for at least the last 18 months. 
Um, I remember there were very, very cheap ones for sale in Australia. Uh, and for those of you who don't listen to me a lot, I refer to Australia because I am originally from Sydney, Australia. Uh, that's where my 9-11 is. Uh, I'll usually quote in Australian dollars or uh, UK pounds because uh, I'm also based in UK. But I think the tipping point, I think the point of the 996 is is over. It's going up. 997, I think this article was on car... What was it? It was on... I read it this morning. I don't know if anyone else has seen this article. Car buzz. I don't know how good car buzz is. Now is the best time to buy a Porsche 997. And they're saying one of the reasons why you should buy it is many people say the 996 is the worst of the 911 models. The 997 improved in both of these areas with a more modern cabin and return to the 911's rounded headlight design. It's also considered to be the pinnacle of modern 911s in terms of driving dynamics, being the last model to feature hydraulic power steering. Now, I'm not going to disagree with the 997 not being a good car to buy, but I don't think you should say the 997 is a good car to buy because the 996 is ugly. Um, It depends on the driving experience. Um, I haven't driven a 996. I've been in a 996 a few times uh, as Natasha's uh, ex-boss years ago, bought a 2003, I think it was, Carrera 4. Uh, It was a nice car to be a passenger in. I'm guessing it was a nice 911 to drive. But I don't think you should say that the 997 is better over the 996 because of the uh, ugliness of the 996. The 996, you know, you've got to give it some credit. It was the first uh, water-cooled 911. It followed the 993. So in, a, in one way, if you are a collector and you're buying a 911, what, a nine, what, collectors, what do collectors normally like to buy? They normally like to buy the first of something. Uh, Magnus Walker is one of these. He always says how he likes to buy the first of the generation. Um, the 996 is the first water-cooled. Uh, if you buy a 1998 model, it's the first 996. Uh, I guess you buy the first and the last of each <coughs> of each generation. Collectors do that sort of thing. I'm not sure how much more money you make out of it, or I think it's just a, a collecting kind of... It's just part of the collection addiction, I think. I think that's all it is. Uh, it's the same as watches. You know, you buy one, you buy a Rolex when it first comes out, like my Sea Dweller. 43 with the red writing on it. It came out in 2017, was it? And then they updated the dial. The one I have in 2019 is an updated dial with an updated movement. Some people say the first one's better. Some people say the second one's better. Only time will tell, you know, going by how Rolex prices go and going how Porsche go, both of them will probably appreciate in value. Uh, Watches and Porsches, there's a lot of correlation between collecting both, I think. Um, The more I get into reading about Rolex, uh, the more that I can see the, I can see the parallels there. I can actually see the correlations there with um, collecting both. I guess the bottom line is, is that um, there's a lot of hype on the 996 front. The hype is only getting, uh, the noise is getting louder, as they say. The, the, the 996 is fighting through all the clutter out there in the, mot- in the motoring world. Uh, and the 996 is starting to be noticed. Uh, the same's happening with the 912, I know. I've left it a little bit late for the 912. I'm still really keen on, uh, as I said before, I'm still really keen on getting a classic 911. I'm still really keen on getting an old 911. For some reason, I'm still really hooked on that uh, 60s, uh, the 912, uh, preferably a 69 model. A 69 model because it does have the longer wheelbase. It is two and a half inches longer, which I've, I've spoken about in a previous podcast. Uh, it's two and a half inches longer. I like the idea of a 69. Um, I'm tempted to get one. Like I said, I, 
I'm trying to think of the cars. What what cars would I like to have together? And I'm trying to think of those cars. Um, I still like the idea of a 996. I like I said, I really do like the Carrera 4S. I really do like the GT2. I really do like the GT3. Um, I think if I bought a GT3 though, I would buy a 997 GT3. I would not buy a 996 GT3. But that's 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 just my my. Uh, what is it? Is it my uh, lockdown lockdown haze? Is it my lockdown thing? I was listening to something this morning, actually, and um, it says, you know, the classic car market. You know, the, the new car market, it's a little bit like what's going to happen now. Uh, not only have they lost sales and they've lost money over the last three months of the COVID-19 situation, um, the situation worldwide you know, a situation, a common situation worldwide that we're all suffering. It's not really market dependent. It's it's pretty much we're all in the same boat here. Uh, and businesses are suffering. People are suffering. Um, everything is in turmoil. And, and, and even though I know countries are opening up, it hasn't really, it, it's not over yet. We all know it's not over. And I think the recovery from this is going to be long and it's going to be interesting to see what it has on the luxury goods market, cars, watches, jewelry, etc., um, you already know what it's going to have on the travel market because that's already had the impact of that with all the airlines struggling. So what is it then that the new car market's obviously struggling, but it appears in uh, a podcast I was listening to with the guy from Bring a Trailer. I might have mentioned it before. I'm not sure. Um, he said business is booming because collectors are collecting. I don't think the prices of classic cars or iconic early model cars are down. I think there might be more on the market. It seems like there's a lot out there at the moment. It seems like when one 912 sells on Bring a Trailer, another one is listed. People tend not to list them at the same time. Um, but it seems like there's there's plenty of people wanting to sell their classic cars. Now, whether or not they're wanting to sell their classic cars as the Porsche, you know, early Porsches or whatever, because they're worried they're not going to get the money for it later on, possibly. But it seems like a lot of people are still buying, especially in the collector side of it, um, classic car market side. So the classic car market side, I think, is not being impacted that greatly. And maybe that's because, you know, there is a lot of online sites now. There is a lot of ways and means to find a car. Uh, you don't have to buy a classic car magazine. You literally just put in what you want in Google anyway, and it'll come up on something. So it's a lot easier. We have the means to buy things a lot easier now. And a lot of people are more comfortable in buying a classic car like a Porsche, sight unseen. As long as there's enough information on hand that they can look through, pictures, etc. So people are buying cars sight unseen. Now, whether or not they're happy with those cars when they get it uh, is a different matter. I think I saw the other day that um, Jerry Seinfeld bought a 944 off Bring a Trailer. It had really low miles on it. I think he bought it and then I think he basically listed it for sale almost straight away. Uh, I don't think you liked it. That's what I was reading on the thread in Bring a Trailer. This is why I like Bring a Trailer because it's not just about selling cars. It's about community. It's about seeing, you know, finding out things you don't know about. I find it quite interesting. I know I rave on about this and I rant on about this, but I do actually find it quite interesting. So I guess when you're buying something online, it's not always a, 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 a sure bet. It's not always going to be something, you know, you're going to make a mistake, I guess, if you're buying multiple cars online. But as long as the information's at hand, as long as you check most things, it seems to be quite safe for most people. Most people feel quite comfortable in doing it. So I guess that's why this uh, classic car market is 
still going through the roof and places like bring a trailer are seeing so many more auctions on their site um because of it um of course there's a lot of people i guess like me <coughs> people like me who are not actually buying who are just searching uh it doesn't mean these people you know that we're not going to eventually buy um but it's just about gathering information and i think that's what's going to help the classic car market is that you have all this time on your hands and you are looking at other things now i i i tend to find that i'm looking at other models like i wasn't ever looking at a 912 that much so i'm looking at other models and then i'm looking about information about that model so your knowledge of cars is growing uh you have a little bit more time on your hands um and it's fun to do so knowledge is important knowledge is worth a lot of money uh the more knowledge you have about a car and the more research you do the less chance that you will make a mistake um i think that's the way to go but yeah the 996 uh i don't know the 996 it seems to be out of all my podcasts i have to say of the what the podcasts i've done i think the 996 ones have been the most popular uh for obvious reasons people are out there people are searching uh anything that has 996 in it obviously comes up you know i think the main point of advice is if you're going to buy a 996 buy it now don't wait uh it's only a matter of time i mean maybe covid-19 might have some impact on prices but i really think it's just a matter of time before the 996 is going to be one of those cars that we said you know like the SCs like the 88 Carreras we're going to say damn i wish i would have bought one of those you know i wish i would have bought one of those when they were a quarter of the price um it's going to happen it happens with Porsche a lot um i guess if you like something and you've been hesitating then uh, I wouldn't hesitate any longer. Um I did contact someone through DM on Instagram about the 912 and they said the same thing to me. They said you know I complimented them on the car that they bought <clears throat> and they said don't wait too long if you want one because the those prices of the 912 are going to go up and they're going to go up because the the comparatively uh the the same year 911 is just gone through the roof. So the time is to buy a 912 now i know that i know if i if i wait i will miss out but you have to you have to be in the right situation and to me even though it feels like the right time covid is is a worry because you don't know what's going to happen uh financially and etc etc so that's where i'm at at the moment with my 912 sorry i'm ranting a bit i don't mean to rant this has been probably a longer podcast and i'm probably like fading away here i apologize for that Um so lots of hype about the 996 uh lots of interesting things going on. Oh the one other thing I want to mention is uh RPM Technic. They have a, another company called CSR. Uh do you guys know about that company? Um I've been aware of it for some time. Um and CSR does um I guess it's packages. I guess it's improvements over the 996. They also do 997 as well. Uh but check out their website csrporsche.co.uk. Um I'll try and put the link in this podcast or in the YouTube video. Um the one I really really like, uh, I may put a picture of this up if it goes on YouTube, is the 996 CSR Retro. So it has the Fuchsstar wheels, it has the black uh wheel guard, arch support, arch protection guard. Uh it looks like it's got a body kit as well, slightly different uh front and back. It's got the duck ducktail spoiler. Um they fix up all the suspension with KW adjustable suspension. I guess RP Technic are very big on the KW because that's what they put on uh, that TGE's guys car. 
uh, adjustable suspension. They fix up the transmission. They even have Pasha seats that they do. They do a Pasha insert seats. Pasha is that black and white check fabric out of 928s and early 911s. Um, so they do Recaro, but they do the whole dash in Alcantara. So they have all these um, packages. And if you want, you can just buy a couple of things to do. Uh, I don't know if you have to be in the UK. Maybe you have to be in the UK, actually. I'm guessing you would have to be in the UK. But you can, you know, you can do the suspension. They have suspension packs. They have retro body styling packs. They have brake packs that overhaul the brakes. They have the Fuchs wheels. Um, you know, they offer drivetrain pack, drivetrain pack, which is like a lightweight clutch and flywheel, uh, limited slip diff. Uh, then they do the protection pack, so you can get the IMS upgrade, low temperature thermostat, third radio, wire, waterless coolant, air filter, deep sump extension. So they have all these packs that you can do on the 996. I think it's a great, great company. Um, if you lived in the UK and you could get these things done in the UK, I think it's a really, it's the way to go. I think they also sell cars that are fully completed as well. Um, but it's csrporsche.co.uk. Check it out. Um, it looks really, really cool. I remember I came across this a few months back, and I meant to talk about it in the previous podcast. That's what I was thinking about today when I was running to tell you guys about this site. Um, some of you may already know about it, but um, it's it. they've got some great stuff. I think it would be uh, – if you're going to buy a 996, I think you'd have to go to see them and get a few things done. Obviously, this is why uh, certain influencers on YouTube are doing it because they're obviously really well-known. Um, but that's about it. And what else? Oh, the classic car market. Classic car. Okay. Someone said to me, why do you want a 912? Why don't you get a 993 or a 964? 993, 964 are probably possibly a better alternative because they're slightly modern. I like the idea of the 912 because I want to get something in a Porsche which is about the experience. It's not about the speed. It's not about going the fastest 0 to 100. It's not about even taking the corner at the, at the fastest speed and breaking the latest as possible. Um, it's not, it, it is about the experience. It is about the sound. It is about the simplicity. Uh, it is about the rawness. And it is about being taken back to a different era in Porsche's history. At the moment, I'm in the 2000s. I'm in a 997. I feel like I'm in the 2000s. You know, if I got a 992 or a driven 992, then I'm in the 20s. And I think you'd feel like you've gone into the modern age with all the technology and the dash. It's like a time machine. Let's just see. I mean, I'm just, the Porsche is like a time machine, isn't it? And to experience that feeling that was happening in the late 60s, what a better way to, what, not a better way to do it is to sit into a 912 from 1969. The man, the year the man landed on the moon, you're in a 1969, 912. Same body as a 911. Different, uh, different, uh, slightly different features. Doesn't have the gold badging. 911 had the gold badging on the back. Uh, 911 had uh, better trim levels and 911 had a bigger engine. But the 912 is the experience. You can get to experience that era, that time. And when you drive it today, you know, I watched a video the other day uh, from the guy that's selling it on Bring a Trailer. And yeah, it moves around. Yeah, it's noisy. It may not be that powerful, but for the size of it, for the size of the car you're in, I'm sure it feels like you're going a lot faster than what it does in a 997. So that's the reason why someone asked me, the reason why I'm thinking about classic Porsche, Porsche is because 
<clears throat> I'm thinking now it's experience over speed. It's good to have the speed as well. Like I said, if you had a perfect garage, you'd throw a GT3 in there, but it is sometimes you just want to, and I think uh, Spike First and on Spike's car radio said this, sometimes you just want to jump in an old car. You just want to jump in an old car, um, especially when it's a beautiful day, there's not many cars on the road, and you get to just sort of be transformed for that small amount of time that you're in the car. And I think that's good. And Porsches do that in general. Uh, as I said to you before, every time I go back to Sydney, the first thing I do is I take the air out of my tires of my car and I, I get everything ready and I drive it very carefully and I take it on a long run to start getting rid of that tank of fuel. And the feeling that I get when I first get into it, I realize that I'm lucky and it's a very, very special car. It's a very special 911. And I'm talking about a base Carrera here, those of you who know what my car is. It's still a really special 911. All right, I think that's it for today. Uh, thanks for listening. Like I said, this is a slightly extra podcast for the week. Um, I normally do one, so you're going to have two this week. I'll put this up. It's Monday here, like I said, Monday afternoon here in Bahrain. And I'll put this up as soon as possible. Uh, you can also listen to it on Apple Podcasts, as I said, Google Music, uh, Spotify, and all the major podcast platforms. Um, thanks for listening. Talk again soon. Bye for now. <laughs>